Three, two, one, people of the world. Hello and welcome to Marketing is a Foreign Language. Now on iTunes and Stitcher, YouTube and Facebook. Can you even believe it? I sure can. Today on the show, KFC drops finger licking slogan around the globe as hygiene concern persists. How dumb would it be to suggest that people lick their fingers in the pandemic? Pretty dumb. TikTok's taking legal action against the Trump administration's attempt to ban the app in the U.S. Take TikTok is over it. They're just trying to wait it out until hopefully they think. Anyway, Biden gets elected. Facebook develops AI that can help choreograph dance moves to any music. Oh, good. All of our problems are now solved, people. Facebook has developed AI that can help choreograph dance moves to any music. Ah, here I thought that my problems would not be solved in one momentous moment. But here you go. Problems solved. BBC Sport takes moderation of offensive social media comments into its own hands. Oh, you do it, BBC Sport. How to structure a website so it ranks well in search results and satisfies users. Will I be satisfied by that article? Probably not. And last but not least, 2020 Google paid search trends that have nothing to do with that pandemic because we're over it. We're so very over it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Marketing as a Foreign Language, and it starts right about now. If you're here for the live show, allow. What? This is being ridiculous. If you are here for the live show, there we go, chat. Leave a comment. If you are watching the show after the fact, consider swinging on by 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Boom. There we have it. Oh, we don't want that up. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, KFC drops finger-licking slogan around the globe as hygiene concerns persist. KFC is pausing the use of its long-running, its finger-licking-good slogan in marketing and advertising materials as hygiene concerns related to the coronavirus pandemic persist. Yeah, cool. The Yum! Brands chain first pulled ads broadcasting the 64-year-old slogan in the UK at the outset of the health crisis in March, but expanded the pause around the globe Monday. This is coming from MarketingDive.com. Tell you what, uh, that particular slogan has been dumb for quite a while what's going on jess hammond jess hammond leaving a comment guess what i'm gonna go ahead and i put her comment right there floating above my brain jess hammond writes i'll stand as long as i can what you got for us today oh i got all kinds of marketing information everything you could possibly want and more starting with licking your fingers apparently which is something that i would highly recommend you don't do quote think we can all agree this year has been like no other and right now our slogan doesn't feel quite right kfc's announcement reads yeah pretty dumb kfc hitting the brakes on its finger licking good after 64 years acts as a runway for the chain's first global marketing effort one that rolls out a fast food rolls out as fast food restaurants are looking to capitalize on the boom in delivery i think uh Licking my fingers with chicken is something I'm not uh, entirely interested in, and it's terrible branding. TikTok's taking legal action against the Trump administration's attempts to ban 
the app in the United States of America. We've been we have been covering this for quite a while now. Microsoft is a potential buyer. Oracle is a potential buyer. The government is basically trying to go ahead and shut down TikTok in the United States unless they sell to an American company after assessing its options following the Trump's administration's executive order, which will essentially force it to sell to a U.S. company or face a ban in the American market. TikTok has now confirmed that it will indeed be pursuing legal action against the U.S. government over the official directive. In a statement, TikTok has explained the pending action, saying that it sees no other option but to challenge the order that's coming from social media today. Our good friend Andrew Hutchinson writes, there's a quote from TikTok, even though we strongly disagree with the administration's concerns for nearly a year, we have sought to engage in a good faith effort to provide a, a constructive solution. What we encountered and said was a lack of due process as the administration paid no attention to facts and tried to insert itself into negotiations between private businesses. The statement echoes similar remarks TikTok made in its initial response to the executive order, which TikTok says was put together without due process or adherence to the law. Again, I think that TikTok is just buying their time, hoping that Trump is no longer in power by the time they can renegotiate so they can negotiate with Biden. If Trump wins the election, I think uh, they're just going to, I don't know, have an army of lawyers to try to save this multi-billion dollar uh, demo here in the land of the free and the home of the brave quote the text of the decision makes it plain that there has been a reliance on unnamed reports with no citations fears that the app quote may be used for misinformation campaigns with no substantiation of such fears and concerns about the collection of data that is industry standards uh for thousands of mobile apps around the world that is according to TikTok. they uh may have a point i don't know what is the plan with TikTok? I think that TikTok is likely to go by way of Vine and uh, those kinds of folks. So am I entirely impressed with TikTok? No. Um, Snapchat took off and Snapchat, uh, you know, making a bunch of money. So it's, it's not as if these companies cannot succeed, but think MySpace, you know, think Vine. Uh, for some reason, people are crazy about TikTok right now. I get it. Uh, Microsoft seemingly remains the leading bidder for TikTok, which some have valued at around $30 billion. Jessica Hammond has $30 billion. I don't know if you guys knew that. But there are various concerns which could see the company hesitate in pulling the trigger on such a massive deal. Could the discussions have deteriorated to a point where TikTok feels the need to take this backup step? What backup step are we referring to? The judicial fighting the executive order? Perhaps that is what they're referring to. Of course. That, uh, let's see, uh, you could be sure that Microsoft, as the potential owner of TikTok, would not be keen on having any involvement in a legal battle with the U.S. government. That is obvious. Of course, that case theoretically goes away if the Microsoft deal does go through. But even so, the fact that TikTok is taking this next legal advance could reflect concerns that things are not going to work out as hoped. So, Oracle was this week revealed as one of the several partners in a consortium looking to make a bid for the platform, while Google had also at one stage considered contributing to a collective bid. I think Google has a, a pretty strong, uh, I would argue a strong need to have something uh, resembling social media. You could argue that they've got YouTube, which obviously is a behemoth, 
But uh, TikTok, social platform, I think that would be a good buy for Google. I feel like Google's days are numbered. How dare you even mention such a thing, Kellen? just feel like it's uh, not going to be something that's going to last forever. So either way, according to TikTok general manager Vanessa Papas, who doesn't love Vanessa Papas? The app is not going anywhere. Quote, we believe we have multiple paths forward to ensure that we continue to provide this amazing app experience to the millions of Americans who come to rely on it every day. Thank you, Vanessa Papas. Best last name, greatest last name. Evidently, a legal challenge is another of those paths. Now to see how that plays out with the app's September 15th deadline inching ever closer. Okay, social media today. What's going to happen with TikTok? I don't know. But if you leave a comment, it'll make me happy. Facebook develops AI that can help choreograph dance moves to any music. Mind blown. Andrew Hutchinson, Social Media Today, writes, could this be another way for Facebook to take on TikTok? Could it be? This week, Facebook has detailed a new AI project. It's developed, which is able to outline creative dance moves based on any musical input in order to help dancers and choreographers come up with new routines. Facebook explains the system. The system analyzes a music track from nearly any genre and just moments later cooks up some synchronized moves. Does anyone want some synchronized moves? The system's code works by detecting quantifiable similarities in a song at two different points in time. Then, obviously, searching for similar mathematical patterns in a giant matrix of dance move sequences. Since the system's only computational constraint is ensuring that its movement synchronized with the music, it is able to generate novel dance routines, which human judges have evaluated as highly creative in comparison to other generated dances. Problem solved. We just solved world peace on marketing as a foreign language today. And it comes in the form of choreographed dance moves via AI. Jess Hammond loves choreographed dance moves via AI. That sounds like such a Facebook approach to creativity, creating a machine learning system that can do it for you. Cool, right? Super cool. The coolest. I mean, probably not, according to Andrew. Probably most dancers and choreographers would prefer to actually get a feel for the music and do their own approach, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I feel like the robots are taking over. The robots are taking over. A new song by Kellen Kautzman. BBC Sport takes moderation of offensive social media comments into its own hands. Amid ongoing debate around divisive speech and what should and should not be allowed on social networks, BBC Sport in the UK has taken matters into its own hands with a new approach to trolls and hateful remarks on its social media posts. Oh, what have they done? What have they done? To all BBC Sports social media followers, the BBC exists for all of us, so it should represent all of us. We want our platform to be a place of discussion and debate free from hate and abuse. So this is our promise. Oh, a promise from BBC. We will block people bringing hate to our comment sections. We will report the most serious cases to the relevant authorities. We will work to make our accounts kind and respectful places. Uh, anonymity on the internet is why everything went downhill. Anonymity on the internet is why the internet 
is largely a dumpster fire. So BBC Sports now following in, you know, the Facebook, Twitter policing of the internet. And uh, best of luck, BBC. Turns out it's quite difficult to do that. As you can see in the tweet pinned on the various BBC Sport profiles, BBC explains that it will block people bringing hate, etc. We just mentioned that. Of course, that approach is not anything revolutionary. That's what I think. Various businesses would have similar approaches to the same. It's their job to basically do that. I was on Twitch the other day. I mentioned this in a previous episode. I got a bomb threat. Someone threatened to bomb my house. And that's a little odd. I uh, went to report it and I said, hey, look, uh, maybe don't uh, bomb my house. And uh, they had a specific line item on the reporting for like threats of abuse or threats of violence. So it's not as if these uh, websites aren't very aware of the problem. The problem, obviously, is trying to police this. Very, very difficult to do. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean that they should stop, does it? BBC has taken the measures after it conducted a survey which showed that nearly a third of elite female athletes have been subjected to abuse on social media at BBC Sport. We felt we couldn't report on this statistic and not take action ourselves. So we have strengthened our stance on tackling hate speech in our social media comments. In addition to making to taking its own action, BBC Sport has also called on its fans and supporters to also take action against abusive comments. Thank you to everyone who has hit the like button thus far. If anyone leaves a comment, again, warm, fuzzy feelings will be had by yours truly. Quote, if you see a reply to BBC Sport posts with an expression of hate on the basis of race, color, gender, nationality, ethnicity, disability, religion, sexuality, sex, age, or class, please flag the URL to the post so they are fighting it. We get it. They are now in the club of people that are attempting to stop hate speech on the internet. How to structure this from socialmediatoday.com. Donna Duncan writes, how to structure a website so it ranks well in search results and satisfies users. Years ago, I was called for a job interview at a well-known bank, says Donna. The meeting was to be held on the top floor of one of the tallest buildings in Wilmington, Delaware. My stress level immediately went up without asking. I knew that there was a good chance that I'd be speaking with a corporate executive. How did I know? Because executives typically have their offices on the top floor of a building where the rent is the highest, the views are the best, and they're bound to make an impression. Your website structure, much like a building layout, can be a silent and powerful communication tool. Wow, Donna. Donna is a 10 out of 10 would recommend writer. When your site is thoughtfully and purposefully structured, it quickly and quietly communicates your site's most valued and important contents to search engines, prospects, and customers. Orients visitors quickly and eases site navigation, provides a robust and meaningful framework for assessing your site's health and performance. It's basically a 6,000 square foot penthouse on the top floor of a giant Manhattan-based uh, office building. These are the underpinnings of website success. In this post, we'll look at how to structure a small business website so that it ranks well in search results, satisfies users, and is easier, cheaper and uh, to manage and maintain. Oh me, oh my. What is site structure? Something we're not going to read about. How is site structure implemented? Directories and folders. Group content into meaningful collections. Groupings determine how different pieces relate to one another and which ones are most important. On a website, directories and folders appear as breadcrumb and menu options. Basically, here's the deal. You want to have a landing page for everything that's relevant on your website, and you want to make sure it easily links to other landing pages and to the homepage. Categories and tags are another way of grouping content, blog content into contextual, easy-to-locate-and-access folders. 
links. Boring, boring, boring. Why is site structure important? Site structure is important because it gives you a way to signal your priorities and relevance to search engines, ease visitor orientation and navigation, and access your website's overall health and performance. Okay. So signal your priorities. Search engines only rank content they know about. Duh. In order for your site's content to appear in search results, it first, first has to be included in Google's index. Oh, my God. This is intolerably boring. Google's index is similar to a library's index. Really? The index contains information about all the... Oh, this is killing me. I cannot do it, Donna. I can't. I cannot possibly move forward with this article. You're killing me. Here's the deal. You want to maximize the amount of time people are spending on your website. What's going to cause someone to spend time on your website? Well, video is going to cause that. Having ways for them to pay online is going to cause that. Giving them an opportunity to download a coupon on your website might cause that. Having a show that they go to your website to watch might cause that. Having informational YouTube videos might cause them to come to your website. You want people to go to your website and come back to your website and spend time on your website. And for most websites, that's simply not even, that's like an afterthought. People are like, oh, I really like the pretty homepage because they're thinking I want to convert someone. And that's fine. But that's like stage one website. Stage two is they go to the website and there's a reason for them to continue to go back to the website. Now, what social media has done well is provided an atmosphere where, well, just it's your YouTube channel. So they go to your YouTube channel, they subscribe, and they keep going back to the YouTube channel. But who wins in the end? YouTube wins in the end. So you really do want your webpage to be a home for people to be able to continue to go back to. I must admit that senditrising.com is a conversion-based website. But with the show now on iTunes and Spotify, YouTube and Facebook... This very show, this marketing as a foreign language show, well, geez louise, you know, we might actually have an argument to have people go to the website for premium content, all the content, hashtag content, hashtag winning. Uh, so yeah, if you're watching the show, I should mention, by the way, after the fact, not 10.30 a.m., it's live, by the way, then do consider joining us live at the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, and skaboosh, you're here with us every single day. 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2020 Google page search trends that have nothing to do with the pandemic, searchengineland.com, an article from Andy Taylor. With close variant taking the place of broad match, limiting keywords isn't enough for keeping query to keyword matches tight. Don't you hate buzz? I cannot stand how much buzz, how many buzzwords people throw around with internet marketing. This is my major issue with internet marketing. With close variant taking the place of broad match, limiting keywords isn't enough for keeping query to keyword matches tight. What are you talking? Okay. It's no secret to paid search marketers that COVID-19 has hugely impacted performance and advertisers' ability to spend on paid search marketing in ways varied across industries and business situations. There have been plenty of articles written. Ugh. Ugh. Can you please communicate some actual information, please? The death of the tablet. Looking across a collection of long-standing tenuity advertisers, tablet spend growth for Google U.S. paid search 
started to take a dive in Q4 2019. There, some actual information. There has been a decline in tablet spend growth on pay-per-click. Hooray. Going from 5% growth last Q3 to 22% decline in the final quarter of the year. The trend has only gotten more pronounced in 2020 with spend declining at least 45% each of the first two quarters of the year. So the death of the tablet apparently is a whole thing. Tablet shipments worldwide by operating system are declining. Why the heck is this? I don't get it. Why? While device trends can certainly be a result of advertisers shifting strategies, the magnitude of the decline makes it clear that this is more than just advertising advertisers pulling back on tablets. Global tablet shipments have declined steadily. Huh. I wouldn't have guessed it. With large smartphones, there you go, packing better functionality, steadily eroding the value proposition of tablet devices. Tablets just don't seem to carry the same demand as in the early goings of the device type. In turn, the volume of searches happening on these devices just isn't what it used to be. And paid search advertisers are seeing a corresponding decline. For paid search managers, this really just means it's becoming less and less important. We get it. Tablet on the decline because the smartphones be so good. 2019 updates put the fork in Google search partner share. What? Google announced in March 2019 that shopping ads featured on Google image search would be grouped with the core search network as opposed to the search partner network. Okay. This followed a decision by Yahoo to turn to Microsoft ads for its search ads. Okay. So Yahoo turns to Microsoft ads, severing a relationship that saw some Google search partner traffic coming from Yahoo. All right. These changes led to a steep decline in the click share coming from search partners for shopping in particular. And by the end of Q2, click share for both text ads and shopping was below 1%. Hold on. What the heck does this mean? Google US paid search click share from search partner network dropped precipitously. While the search partner network has been a divisive source of paid search traffic over the years, Given the lack of control, all right, we are just going to take a good old look at the search partner network. We're going to break it on down. Search partner network. All right. Search partner network. Search partners. Sites in the search network that partner with Google to show ads. Search partners extend the reach of Google search ads to hundreds of non-Google websites as well as YouTube and other Google sites, sites in the search network. Okay. When you advertise on the search network, your ad can show next to search results on other Google sites like maps, shopping, Google images, and on the websites of Google search partners. The network, the search network is part of the Google network. Okay. What's the difference? The search network is part of the Google network, our name for all the web pages. So you have a search network and you have a Google network. The Google network are all the places where your ads can appear, including Google sites, websites that partner with us and other placements like mobile phone apps. The Google network is divided into groups to give you more control over where you'd like your ad to appear. So the search network is a search results page, other Google sites like we talked about. The display network is sites like YouTube, Blogger, and Gmail, plus thousands of partnering websites. So there is a difference the difference between search network and display network. 
search, obviously, including search, display, including YouTube, Blogger, Gmail, and a bunch of other websites across the internet. Thank you to everyone hitting the like button. So much love, so much thank you, so much like. All the winning, all the marketing is a foreign language. Rolling back to the article. This article is a little bit obtuse. It's a little bit much, to be honest with you. So we're going to summarize. KFC went ahead and said, stop licking your fingers. Stop licking. I better type that into chat here. Stop licking your fingers, says KFC. There. Fantastic. Now everybody's uh, now everybody's on the same point, on the same page. Uh, yeah, stop licking your fingers. Turns out there's a uh, global pandemic. No, great info to you, Esther Sass. And stop licking your fingers, according to KFC, because uh, that would be dumb. So maybe at some point, people should use their brains and, uh, you know, realize the situation we're in. KFC, good stuff. TikTok's taking legal action. They're over it. TikTok's over it. They're suing. Esther Sass refuses to stop licking her fingers, and now everyone knows that. All of our nine followers know that, which is super exciting stuff. TikTok's over it. They're not going to be taken down. Uh, if anyone wants to choreograph dance moves, Facebook AI, skadoosh, boom, winning. So much choreographing. Now you don't have to choreograph your own dance moves because there's a detailed new AI project from Facebook that'll do it for you, which basically solves all of my problems. And uh, I don't know if it solves your problems. BBC trying to answer my phone call. Could someone grab that phone real quick? Uh, that's just um, Publishers Clearinghouse letting me know I made a million dollars. BBC Sports takes moderation of offensive social media comments into its own hands. Yeah, we get it. It's easy to say we're going to stop hate speech on our platform. It is way harder to actually do it. How do you stop an anonymous person from rolling up to your website and saying, saying some garbage? I think the only way you could do it would be by just banning specific word types. And that would be very hard. Facebook obviously trying to solve this problem for many years. How to structure a website so it ranks well? Well, here's, the idea. here's an idea. Get people to your website. Get them back to your website. Host a show. Multiple videos. Multiple landing pages grind and last but not least apparently there's a difference between search network and display network obviously and many more difficult to understand pay-per-click nuances block them says esther it's that easy just block them ladies and gentlemen this was tuesday's episode august 25th again we're now streaming uh or we're now available on spotify itunes you can download the podcast you can watch my uh dumb face talk to you or, uh, you know, you could go to Facebook or YouTube for either of those options to see my dumb face. Anyway, we're all over the place. Hit the like button. So much love. So much thank you. We'll see you all tomorrow, 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're watching us after the fact or if this is a very long ad that you just got done watching on Facebook, we genuinely appreciate it. And uh, live every single day. Same time, same place. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is that. See you later. The show's over. You can leave now. You can't stay here. Gots to go.